0: Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, your home for competitive Digimon TCG discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako, joined by my co-host Senitsu. This week we will be discussing the announcement of the 2022 Competitive Season Nationals event and our thoughts on what it means for the Digimon TCG. So to begin, we might as well go over the announcement itself. For those of you that aren't aware, um the 2022 north american finals were announced the other day and it is in person which is a different from last year obviously not necessarily a lot of people were expecting that i know i wasn't and it'll take place from february 24th through the 26th 2023 at the la convention center hosted by core tcg the only acceptable to probably but so They also provided a full list of the people who have currently qualified, obviously, with some people to be still added based on not having their numbers registered at this time.
1: I think just looking at the announcement, uh, the in person definitely came as a shock, but I think as things are starting to normalize, per se, um, it definitely wasn't an unexpected turn of events. Like, people have been complaining about online for a while, even though it's nice, easy, accessible, zero travel distance. You just wake up and turn your computer on and you're good to go. Um, now we switched to their big premier tournament, what we've been building up to. Uh, and the only thing above this is potentially worlds. I don't think they're going to fly everyone out to Japan. That would be cool if they did. Um, but uh, I think like for, Uh, At least North America and Canada, this is a pretty big deal um, because there's a lot of people who qualified and uh, it's going to be a pretty expensive trip. Most of the trips that we've already been doing uh, were at convention centers. They were on the east side of North America, and now we get one on the west side. So it's kind of balancing out that way uh, because all of the west coasters were complaining about traveling to the east all the time. Um Central might have been a little bit of a better, like actually have a middle ground, but because Core TCG is hosting it, uh they are literally like a half hour away from the LA Convention Center. So it's just super easy on Core TCG to be able to travel and do what they need to. Uh when I was working with ARG, um I would travel all over the place to host all of the Bandai events. So I think Core is just playing it a little bit safe and close to home, which is not a bad thing, especially since Core has uh, been pretty good, at least on the online front, when it comes to TOing. So,
0: while I think that's mostly true, I think one of the things that uh, you're potentially leaving out there is not just the accessibility as far as being close to home, but just the sheer size required. So last year, I, I see. I knew I there was stuff I was gonna want after I, we started, but um, I know there was. There was like eleven hundred people ten. or something like that. Maybe twelve, yes. like twelve hundred people that participated, at, and that's I think people that just participated. Period. I'm not sure exactly how many people qualified and received "quote unquote" participation prizing for the event. Though I know most of them, not most of them, a, a decent amount of them. We're only interested in the prizing itself, uh, which I guess is a separate issue. But the idea that uh, they couldn't either per- they didn't care to compete or they just couldn't do that weekend that uh, nationals happened to be last year, so they just kind of signed up, paid their thirty dollars, got their participation prizing sent to them, and almost exclusively profited from the, or- the exchange because I think most people received at least a hundred dollars worth of material if not more which basically just kind of was a cash flow if you sold everything to supplant the cost of competition as far as paying for all of these tournament entries has been so it you know it's kind of a moot point i guess but
1: yeah and the act of travel is going to i guess uh I hate using this word, but I'm gonna use it anyway. It's gonna cull even more people to we'll just wait. uh yeah, to be dissuaded from participating just because uh especially me being uh East Coast, now I'm gonna to have to get airfare and I'm gonna to have to get hotel, and that's gonna add up on top of still paying for the event itself. Uh, we don't know if there's a convention that's it's gonna be attached to. Um, right now, on their website at the convention center, there's nothing currently slated in I, there. I don't uh, see that. Not happening. even Digimon. That would be that yeah, would be ridiculous.
0: I something I so, guess I hadn't considered because this. Well, so I guess to to finish my per- first point, I kind of rambled in a circle. Never finished my point is just the sheer size. What other convention center besides the L.A. Con- convention center could house at the moment? Um, I have numbers. 109 people qualified from online regionals 532 qualified from store champs a total of 641 people currently qualified and that's without and counting october yeah. or november regionals potentially more so because if this is in february there may be a, de- a set of december regionals something that had was past the cutoff last i think even november was after the cutoff last year
1: right no it was two waves last year it was the uh summertime and then the fall time and then there was really nothing for the i think there was like one chance in the winter like there was just a weird one-off um i don't remember 100 percent uh but there there still is going to be more chances and that's going to be more people because if we already have like what over 500 people qualified for store levels alone run that again and that's basically doubling it and then so
0: another not necessarily another 16 but there should be another wave of online events happening to at least coincide with the release of bt 10 so there will be a decent amount more like the fact that this we're already over about the halfway point i don't believe we're halfway through the season so far there should be more than last year right that would just make sense because this the competitive season started earlier. People started qualifying far earlier than last year.
1: Yeah, cuz you also have the people who did well enough last year to just auto qualify this year as well. Uh so they might not even be competing at all this season yet still qualify. Yeah, so qualification versus attendance is a very difficult
0: thing to speculate, but I mean, even if it's 30 to 40%, which is potentially a high bar, that's we're still talking 600 people potentially attending this in-person
1: tournament which is just that's a ridiculous number yeah and i think that uh is a good number don't get don't get me wrong I, i love those high numbers because it shows the competitive health of digimon and the health of the game as a whole where it's like oh, you see all of these other TCGs and where's all of their competitive scenes? Like, I know Flesh and Blood has a pretty decent competitive scene as a newer TCG, but, like, you get stuff like MetaZoo and it's just like, what is MetaZoo doing? Absolutely nothing. Why am I even wasting my time playing this game if it isn't even really supporting itself outside of just, hey, buy me. Um, Like, with Digimon, there's actually a reason to be playing and I really like that. And uh, even though, like, the game is still growing, like again that's just a good thing like imagine next year uh it'll be even bigger potentially yeah assuming that we
0: stay on current pace and current track and that um there's no other factors that uh affect the card game too much but and you mentioned metazoo and I just I have a joke like uh the competitive metazoo game is just eBay you just you you buy and <laughs> sell cards and then that's your comp- it,
1: competition. Yeah, I mean you're you're not wrong. Like people who think that's a competitive game, like it's funny. I listened to a couple of talks because uh, I still want to remain in the grand scope of the TCG spectrum, and they're trying. They want to try to be competitive, but the game is not designed to be competitive at all, and it's kind of hilarious. It's like, oh, you have to bring like three miscellaneous objects with you, and I'm just like, guys, just just stop. Like just stop. It sounds fun. Just, it's like I there was a uh, it's a it's I, a magic I, unset uh trying to be its own thing and unsets don't do very well after their initial release for a very specific reason. That's because you can't use the cards for anything else and the the novelty of it wears off. And this is just yeah. that but its own game and I'm just like it's it's a it's a fad it's a fad oh. it's not a real game it's like force of will it came <laughs> it went people could pretend it's still competitive it's not yeah the um there was a a representative from a
0: local game store at a convention i went to over the summer and they had boxes of metazoo on their shelf and i was like i had never seen one of those in person i've heard of metazoo i had followed it a little bit as far as you know a kickstarter card game that wants to be a competitive tcg you know in 2022 and or 2021 i don't know when it came out and, but the fact that I saw it this year, and I saw I physically saw cards for the first time, I think they were selling boxes for maybe like $200 a piece, I don't remember. And I kind of played dumb a little bit, but I was like, hey, what is that? And they're like, oh, that's Metazoo. And the, the card store owner was very excited to tell me about it and told me that it's a lot like Pokemon in the way that you play it, like you have energies, but instead of there being like, they're not Pokemon, they're like... uh creatures of yeah cryptids creatures of myth from you know sayings and old wives tales and stuff like that and just all the mechanics and blah 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 and how it's the fastest growing card game and i was like oh yeah i'll I'll definitely like go home and look that up and maybe come back and get some i just i knew what it was but i just had never seen any in person because it's just i mean you can only buy them on ebay or through kickstarter like the
1: hell kind of card game is that Uh, i mean they have good marketing which helps the game a lot compared to digimon like digimon's marketing has been very lukewarm but the fact that digimon has grew to such a state with as little marketing as they have is actually astonishing like they could if they could up their marketing game a little bit more by putting like a little bit of a commercial um in the anime if they really wanted to where it's just like oh support the card game like that that's all they need and if that plays every single episode, like, that's 50 episodes of just free advertising of a whole five-second blurb that I the mean, card game exists. Uh, you say that they have poor marketing, but I wouldn't
0: be here if it weren't for a, uh Instagram ad telling me about the, like, promo 0. 0.0 pack that I signed up for that was supposedly a, uh, like, auction gift—I'm trying to remember—a sweepstakes. It was supposed to be, like, a sweepstakes. Like, yeah, it was a everyone sweepstakes. Everyone that I know that signed up got them. Literally. I have four people, four of my friends, and I, as a joke, all were like, "Oh my god, we're gonna play the Digimon card game." So it's supposed to be like the best meme of 2021, 2020, and we all received the the
1: cards in the mail. Yeah, I mean, like early early marketing matters a lot, uh, but I feel like continued marketing also helps. Oh um, yeah, and- obviously but uh this is definitely a good step because like even just hosting these types of events is somewhat marketing like people are gonna see like oh what's going on at the convention center oh it's a new tcg it's having a big scene and then they see like 600 people in a room playing and it's just like whoa is this magic Just like no it's digimon and it's just Mm -hmm. like whoa like (laughs) well i (laughs) just like picturing it in my head and i'm just like wow just wow I think Digimon's already got that like
0: s- subtle aura of they they aren't nothing, right? These like they're not Pokemon as far as like brand recognition in the United States at least. I don't know if they're I I mean they're they're probably still not even close to Pokemon in Japan, but Oh no. Pokemon's people at least still way bigger. if I were to like just throw the name out there, like a lot of people especially of our age demographic and younger potentially. I don't know how popular the new shows are with the the kiddos, but well, at least... Oh, yeah, <laughs> I do remember Digimon. Like, I remember it being worse than Pokemon. That's usually people's answer, at least. Like, it was just worse Pokemon. But, um, yeah, like, the fact that you could get that many people in a place and... It's buzz. I mean, it'll be local news. It'll be potentially, like, card game news. Like, to people who don't give a crap about Digimon specifically, just to say, hey, this brand new card game has now grown enough to have a you know 600 person 500 person tournament in California for their national event. I mean even as much as I don't follow Yu-Gi-Oh anymore, I read an article from Channel Fireball about how a an event in I think it was like Connecticut or Rhode Island um they like the meta had developed and They were just talking about how ridiculous the card game was, but I read an article about competitive Yu Gi Oh in 2022, and I think that means something.
1: Yeah, it definitely is going to drive a lot of buzz, and I hope it's like the good kind of buzz where it's just like, oh wow, Digimon actually has a really good, growing, and thriving competitive scene, which is something a lot of card games actually just don't have. And like, that's what card game players want. That's. Like, all we want is just the chance to play, the chance to prove ourselves, and to, like, meet new people, and this is a good outlet for that. And, like, even though, yes, the cost for a lot of people, depending on where you live, is going to be a little bit on the expensive side. Uh, With smart planning, there's always ways to make it manageable, and they gave us a lot of heads-up, like, what, six months heads-up, at least, um, to start planning our trip. Yeah, I mean... I think, I remember hearing that
0: ideally you want to train up, you plan, plan a trip six months in advance. No earlier, or it seems like you're so dedicated to a specific window that you're going to pay extra, and then any closer after the six-month mark, usually you're paying more and more as it gets closer and closer. It's like that weird window where um you could start planning a trip and start scheduling hotels, get plane tickets and stuff like that, and it should be as low as it ever could be.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, it's traveling is usually not going to be the cheapest thing in the world. But like, there's ways to uh, make it more affordable on yourself. So I'm going to be trying to meet up with uh, one of my local dudes. Uh, Shout outs to Eli. He's uh, he also has his invite. He's not on the list because I think like he's in that weird pocket uh, of people where their stuff from Gen Con didn't transfer over. Uh because another big youtuber slash streamer, Max Depera, uh he's also on that list and they told him it'll take about like two weeks for him to actually be fully on that list if he filled out the uh the hotfix form that uh they also linked with their big Facebook post slash Twitter or Twitch yeah, yeah Twitter post. It was post.
0: on Facebook, that's where I saw it. Um Yeah. So I know yeah, you just you went over it, but so the downside unfortunately of all this is that yes, we are now at this point pricing people out of competition competitive Digimon because either they can't um they can't make the travel, they can't you know do that time slot, they can't for whatever reason but like requiring someone to be in a place where qualifying for that place could be significantly cheaper or more local or just online is a little unfortunate especially if you are someone who planned on competing online and now that you've heard that it's in person you're you're just completely unable to participate for whatever reason
1: Yeah and there's still people who are also hoping to get their invite um so like don't plan your trip unless you already know that you have your invite and we yeah. currently don't know when the next wave of uh store championships slash regionals is going to be um and again the closer you get to the date the more expensive it's going to be so if you don't have your invite uh you you are paying a little bit more um just to uh just because you didn't get it in a timely fashion which is kind of why i was like happy i got mine in the close of this first season uh so that way put a lot of i was freaking out man i was freaking out um but now that i have it i'm definitely a lot more happier that i got it sooner rather than later um and no that's easier said than done i went to uh a whole bunch of events just to try to get it i grinded and i went to two well aren't you special (laughs) I I, I i don't know how many times i could say i got really lucky
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, know. I didn't even um, i had i literally lost the first round on one event and then the second one event i won so um but yeah that's unfortunate for those definitely don't plan a trip if you haven't made it but also because i know it's something we've made fun of in the past is as, as far as like joked about that we've played against some people in online regionals who have just the worst setups known to man there they have a laptop webcam folded down so that they can see the desk. They have to somehow see the screen so they can't, like... It's just, like, the default laptop webcam tilted at, like, a 45-degree angle, and they're playing on a coffee table in the middle of the room with their dad watching TV behind them. Like...
1: Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) On the floor. That's that's On the the floor.
0: True, Like, these people have qualified to Nationals that now have to pony up, you know, plane money and hotel money. And this card game, one of its hallmarks was that how cheap it was to get into. We did a whole episode about it last week. And now, oh yeah, you know, the cheapest card game to get into, but I hope you can afford a, you know, three-night stay, four-night stay potentially in Los Angeles so that you can play at Nationals
1: which uh, California is not necessarily known for being super cheap. So, uh, yeah, like, believe me, I get it. Uh, It does suck, but like, it's a double-edged sword. At the same time, I'm happy that we're having it, uh, but I wish it was more central. I wish it was a little bit cheaper, Uh, but what's done is done, and I'm going to try my darndest to be able to plan my trip and get out there so I can uh, compete with everyone since I worked so hard to get this invite. Uh, I haven't traveled a whole lot. I had some opportunities to travel, but I chose not to because timing inconvenience didn't work out. Uh, Planned it too late, Uh, what be it. So uh, I'm happy that they announced it when they did. And now we could actually start planning, hopefully for what the expected meta is going to be. So there's been a little bit of a hot debate if this is going to be EX3 meta or BT11 meta. Just because BT11 right now is slated for February 17th as its launch week, um, which is only one week before the event. So it's not uncommon or unheard of, but it is interesting on how close it is. So would we be going into that event with a fresh new meta? Or would we be continuing with EX3 because that's just what we've been playing and what some people might have easier access at? What do you think we'll be playing? Uh, Based on the trends, I think it's going to be BT-11. Um, And I kind of hope it is BT-11 just because um, I think BT-11, the stuff that we've been seeing spoiler-wise, seem really interesting Uh, But some of the stuff isn't really, like, ground-shaking. It doesn't feel like there's a huge uh, jump in power scope um, compared to other sets. You
0: leave my hand interaction alone.
1: (laughs) No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I want you to have that. Well, that's what I'm saying. But you're saying
0: it's not ground-shaking. Like, the first instances of inner turn interaction in the card game (laughs) isn't Uh, ground-shattering?
1: Well, I mean, like, obviously you're going to have whatever... The thing is pushed that they're pushing going to be extra powerful, because mm-hmm. um, like you look at Bagra Army in BT10 according to Japanese data because it's the only thing we have to go on and it did absolutely Poo-poo, dog water,
0: poo poo dog water. That's an official tier ranking.
1: See it in Zenitsu's next tier list video. Poo poo dog water. Uh, no, it it, it is going to be on the list just because <laughs> it's something mentionable but it would be very far down well, on well i mean bt I, I don't know we just haven't seen it at all
0: because it's been in the same boat that a lot of archetypes unfortunately end up with where their playable set got split between two sets so you're running with you know one arm and one leg you're not I mean, it's a like, non-functioning whooping... deck in bt10 <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean but and then you look at the inverse and you're looking at the uh heart stuff and it's just like wow, these are good cards that have zero idea on how they're actually gonna be implemented, and to be honest, I don't even think that they need to be implemented. Yeah. Hearts just was kinda set with what it got in BT ten and BT eleven adds a couple of new tech and tools that really help the deck, but like nothing where I need to just throw out everything I needed from before and rethink from the ground up like bagra army um where it's just like oh now you get your good stuff to center the deck around like shout four is still going to be the center point of the deck for cross hearts like shout what seven isn't like that card would be lucky to see play yeah so um well that's what i'm saying like that's why I do have some precedent it's the
0: 11 i also hope it's bt yeah.
1: 11 um like that's why I think it's going to be BT11 because like we have some precedent where we've had tournaments literally a week before or even the week of um where that's the current format um so
0: and the, yeah the only so the precedent there's no precedent for like large competition scale so EX1 came out 2 weeks before nationals which is enough time like no one was even arguing whether EX one or, or debating whether EX one was going to be legal or not. I mean I guess they also announced it, I think, well before that it would be legal. Um and then everyone scoffed at the fact that there'd be four ice Wall in every deck, but um that's Well, they also announced there.
1: nationals a lot later last year because it was also online, so well, there was no like last cost year, to do anything.
0: It was around this time last year that they announced there just would be a nationals period oh, of some kind. True.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> I, we were just left hanging all the yeah, way up until they're what, like, December, hey, well, and then they announced it. Pr- yeah, prior
0: to this, again, like we're, we're talking really early stages of the card game, because I think the first person to qualify for Nationals qualified from a June online event, and it just said that they're going to get a special invite to something that ended up being Nationals. But that they, nobody like it was a whole online event that only the winner qualified June of last year, and then, it was BT4 still, and then we found, like, hey, we're gonna do these store champs, and you're gonna qualify by winning a store champ or by getting top 16 in an online event to nationals at some point in the near future. Yep. So, we are, you know, we've, we've progressed well beyond that, but the only other, I didn't I didn't write it in my show notes, but the... We have some precedent for cards coming out before they're competitively legal uh, or, or like cards coming out and then being immediately competitively legal in um that tournament that see i, I really wish i'd wrote this down but the um the event at the start of bt8 that didn't have the starter decks legal only because they hadn't gotten them in canada but bt8 had just come out I want to say it was the weekend BT8 technically even came out, like, cards become legal on a Friday, tournament is on Saturday, so you have, like, technically, if you pick up your cards on official release day, you you never went to any pre-release or anything, you had basically 24 hours, or, not even, you had 12 hours to, uh, yeah, you had 24 hours, because the cards came out, but you get your cards, you know, Friday afternoon, when you get out of work, you have to then submit a bt8 decklist by friday evening for saturday's tournament so and it was still legal and i'm i don't remember which tournament that was i'm pretty sure that was a online regional not a cup evo cup i'm not sure which it was though because the evo cups are technically like the less competitive variant nobody qualifies for nationals off of those
1: yeah, uh, I don't remember myself, but Damn. I do remember I participated in that. I did um, too. I already had
0: my deck from pre-release mostly, but I also knew that that was a scramble. But if I had a whole week,
1: that's a little
0: bit more forgiving.
1: Yeah, because I was scrambling to get uh, a starter deck myself on the day of in my area. So I think that event, I I was hoping to play Imperial, and I think I just barely did. Mm-hmm. So, well, you didn't because the starter decks weren't legal, remember? Oh, that's right. You got uh, one, so and then was, it wasn't yeah. legal. <laughs> yeah, I rushed to get one, and then found out it wasn't legal. Now I, yeah, because so th- that's I think why I ended up going with like blue hybrids instead. That's
0: what reminded me of it was because it was so close to launch that Canada literally hadn't received their starter decks yet at all, like due to like customs and shipping delays and whatnot. So, you know, there were no starter decks in Canada. Period. So the starter decks weren't legal, even though. They were in my hand, I had a Mastemon deck built, ready to play, in that I couldn't use, so I had to play something else. Which is why I think I yeah, played so... Yellow Hybrid, and then fell in love with it.
1: So, I guess, like, if uh, there's any sort of delay, uh, then that's kind of the only instance where I'm not expecting BT11 to be legal. Yeah.
0: So, assuming they stick to their their schedule, because also that's very far in the future. The fact that we have a BT eleven release date in North America is is that what you,
1: just distribution level data basically? Uh, yeah, it's right now the only way I access that outside of just being in the know. Um, so Wikipedia was, has it. I just went to. <laughs> oh, I mean, I. <laughs> Somebody entered. You could edit Wikipedia. I could edit it to not be the real date. But anywho. I um, dare you. Like, I just. I always just go to GTS's website uh, because they're one of the two distributors and they actually have that publicly available. So. Yeah, I
0: really hope it's BT11. Um, Only because BT11 does look like it at least introduces more things. Because the EX sets are always meant to be offsets,
1: right? Like well there they're were... supposed to their unique thing they're small sets i mean yeah. we've basically supposed to be a little bit more self-contained we've basically
0: fallen into the old magic cycle of big big small in the forms of each block that's like honestly i wouldn't be surprised if they have taken some uh direction from old magic design older because they i think they did away with that in 2019 2020 Maybe even earlier. Well, Magic just
1: started ramping up their products, so it's just like, oh, this big, big spell doesn't work. Let's just do uh way more. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm leaving. Thanks. I can't afford to buy everything so quickly anymore. And people think, like, Digimon releases quickly. Compared to some other stuff, it really doesn't. Like, it seems quick, but uh it's only quick in the instances when EX sets are introduced because they're small, they're supplementary, uh, they're not like a big core main, even though they are meta-playable half the time. Um, okay, It was core 2019.
0: 2019. That's when they stop, because they still technically, functionally have a three-set block, but they don't block them the way that they used to. They used to literally have this is your big set, this is your big set, this is your small set. I don't even know if it was big, big, small. It might be big, small, big, but um, they always had three blocks three sets in a block and then the set would it would always rotate at the end of every block but they would have a small set like a supplementary set like this isn't going to have as many cards this isn't going to have any as many impactful mechanics it's just supplementing the two big sets we already have and those are the ex sets at this point
1: yeah which is totally fine like there's still lots of interesting things that come from ex sets and ex set design um but yeah bt i'm i'm wholeheartedly expecting bt 11 which i think is going to be a really fun um meta based on like right now we don't even have any metadata to go off of because mm. they just finished spoiler season in japan um so now is everyone's it, is in it the completely speculatory done? is everything yeah actually I think announced the, now uh the only thing we don't know or are, are two of the reprint alt arts but they're reprints, so one of them we don't know what the All Force is going to look like, and I think there's one other one we don't know what that's going to look like yet either. Yeah. Yep. That's everything. Um... Yeah, but we did get everything, um, so now we could start theory crafting and looking at Japanese data, see how they're going to introduce like what new stuff that set's going to bring, what's going to stay relevant, what's going to fall off uh so on and so forth so we at least get a starting point to like gather that information to try to make our competitive assessments as best as we possibly can
0: especially because but... looking at current Japanese data EX3 doesn't seem to be like so it doesn't seem it seems like EX3 obviously did impact the meta but it it seems as though it didn't necessarily... Most of it was
1: still from BT 11. Well, I I don't BT10. think
0: it, it I don't think it benefited it in a positive direction. Cuz I think Bloom Bloom Lord Hydra is just kind of a, a unique outlier in BT your EX3 at the moment. So if that's what we end up with in for our Nationals meta, I do expect there just to just be an obscene
1: amount of people playing Bloom Hydra. It's like Bloom Hydra and Cross Hearts are the two big decks. Everything else just seems a lot smaller in terms of like its success rate at least according to the Japanese data. Again, with our format being the way it is, we have we still don't even have the security promos. So, like those are still some big parts it's to some decks to make them help like function.
0: Yeah. The the crazy part is so like they only count the they keep a running list of large events, which, by their uh, measurement, is 16 people or larger for a locals. And they keep a running tally of that for the whole set. And right now, 15 toppings with Bloomlord Hydra, 13 topping with Cross Hearts, and 10 with Blue Flare. So that's your, that comprises their tier 1 uh, meta. They use just raw numbers to determine tiering, so... If you're within a percentage of the best deck, you're considered tier one as far as toppings. So the red Gaumon. Red based Gaumon is currently the fourth best deck with seven toppings is considered tier two at that point and everything below that. Um they also got their uh the yellow hybrid restriction, the Tommy restriction, and now I believe the uh Greymon restriction. Fairly the recently. Door of gray, yeah, yeah Dora Grey, Yeah, the Dora
1: Grey was the uh they well, just got September first, so... right? Yeah, so we, we don't even know competitively how that will actually long term impact our environment because like, oh, now we don't have those decks to kinda keep whatever they were checking in check. So yeah. what's Yellow it gonna end was... up defaulting to? Yeah, Security, we have Control? no
0: do no clue what B T ten is even gonna be like because yellow hybrid was one of the premier decks of BT10 and now it won't be there so is is it just going to be more cross hearts is there something else that people are going to transition to I have no idea but
1: it's at least something to consider moving forward right so like our this this is how BT10 is shaping up for us which again has little impact as far as BT11 because that's still far out we uh, still don't know like who knows if uh we're going to get promos that uh japan didn't again we we there's still a lot of unknowns um let alone meta impacts yeah um
0: as far as the actual decks are concerned assuming bt bt 11 is included what are you most excited to play um
1: call me filthy and terrible of it's a person cross hearts still it's it's gonna be cross hearts Boo. i i'm sorry i'm i am an aggro player Boo. so anytime i have a deck where i could just be hyper aggressive i usually always lean towards that and if cross hearts is gonna unfortunately kill out my uh guru deck because i still would want to play that um but because it and some other decks just might kill it out um It's like, okay, I might as well just shift over to Crossharts. Like, I played Rookie Rush in BT5. I have zero qualms about playing these low-to-the-ground aggro-style decks that also have good control elements. Yeah.
0: I figured you'd play Blue
1: Flare, considering it's blue. (laughs) uh, I was, believe me, I was doing my research between Blue Flare for uh, YouTube and Crossharts, and Crossharts spoke to me way more than Blue Flare. Like, Blue Flare's trying to do, like... More the what blue, blue hybrid did yeah it's trying to do what like blue hybrid did but i didn't really enjoy blue hybrid and it just doesn't feel as clean because like it has matchups like w- a lot more obvious matchups that it can just very easily lose to and i think that's like the big deterrent where cross hearts has a little bit of a better matchup across the board because it just does not care and uh blue flares does care about like very specific board states and very specific like uh, things that it needs to go right for it. And I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to play Cross Hearts. It's easier.
0: Yeah, and there's also the, uh, the staying power of assuming BT11 is the set in which Nationals is played on, someone can build a deck in BT10, and for the most part, outside of some very few cards... If, but if very few, if any, cards change between the start of BT10 and Nationals for you. Even if BT11 does come out, we'll see if they add anything from BT11, but outside of maybe Cross 7, um, it, they'll probably just be running the same deck for three sets, essentially, which will give you a lot of matchup knowledge, a lot of practice, and that's something I would look for when picking a deck... Projecting it that far in the future as we are now.
1: Yeah, because usually the way I always like to describe metas is uh, two factors. Uh, One, I'm a firm believer that a meta will always start with aggro and end with aggro. Um, And then I'm also a believer in, like, if you're comfortable and familiar with your deck, even if it was last set's deck, you'll still have a better early game performance, like early season performance just because of that familiarity. I think...
0: I don't really agree with you there. As far as decks starting or er, starting and ending with aggro, I think it is... Aggro performs better on average early meta because people are still punished for inefficiencies in their deck building. But ideally, given the greater sense of balance in the card game, I believe that a control deck should eke out the aggro as they learn basically how close to the line can they tow their control tools and how to use those control tools? Because I, I feel like that's something I've always just known from Magic, where early, like, white weenies just comes out the gate, rookie, your rookie rush, basically, and just does things, because I don't care what my opponent's deck is if I just slam rookies and swing rookies, and that's, the, that's my whole game plan. My game plan doesn't change... I don't have to think too much as far as, you know, the complicated interactions involved, and then it's only as my opponent learns to deal with that, and okay, now I've survived past turn three, what do I do, is where the aggro players start to get better at their job, but I think the control players at least begin to participate in the meta, and then really kind of fight back
1: uh my counter argument to that one would be well look at uh d brigade everyone kind of wrote it off for the time being and then for whatever reason it being an aggro deck uh just started emerging in tournaments at, like completely at random out of nowhere and took a lot of people by surprise and it was just like wait that deck is competitive what's it doing Ah, oh, it's doing the same thing i just play my cards and go I- sideways and I think that Six has more bodies. to do
0: with the forward-looking nature of the card game than it is people like on the merits of Deep Brigade itself. So it could be obviously Deep Brigade is performing well now, so it's it it is you know an accurate staple in the format at this point. But it it also could have been a month ago. Nothing's changed. The reason it wasn't played in the first couple events to the same level it was now is because people wanted to play with the new thing, and Deep Brigade. While is a very old thing is also going to be a new thing soon. Debrigade is getting support in the next set, so I think people are just kind of I want to play with this now before I play with the new version of it I mean before it goes away They're also
1: yeah they're they're also wanting to play with it now just because like get practice they wanted on it to price yeah Yeah. get practice on it early and get prepped for the new wave of support when it eventually is going to happen because like according to japanese data d brigades is still pretty okay even in bt 10 like the deck's not going away uh and then it gets better in uh ex3 and then it's probably just gonna stay pretty okay uh in bt 11 like it's well, it's just there
0: um Okay, so it, it is ex three because I was I'm double checking. No, no, it is bt ten. So yeah, bt ten. It gets literal support in the form of, um, I guess so. It's not d brigade support. I guess I'll I'll. It's the the skull knight support. Um, dark knight. You're, you're
1: not. That's 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 a completely different deck at that is point. Is it though? Like you're not. Yes, it is. It was. It wasn't. You know, one set ago. It wasn't because uh yeah, it wasn't because um. The Dark Knight stuff was in the waiting room, waiting for its support, and now it gets its actual support, and uh, I just was recording the video for it, um, and you're not even playing any Debrigate cards. Like, there's zero reason why you should ever think about playing D brigades inside of the brand new Dark Knight deck.
0: Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. But, um, so, yeah, Debrigate D obviously has its own merits now, but I think people are more playing it because... It's getting support more so than it, like, I think D-Brigade's really good right now. Obviously, as people are doing better with it, it started popping up again, basically in the same vein as D-Reaper. Like, somebody shows up with D-Reaper, and we thought it was a fluke, and like, I, I completely wrote it off originally, and then as it continued to show up, I was like, okay, let me try this out, let me see how this actually is performing, let me see why it's doing what it's doing, and I got it once I played it.
1: Yeah. Uh and sometimes that's all it takes is just somebody uh putting a magical formula together and just iteration upon what was already successful uh based on the environment that you're expected to play in so like just because it was successful for that event doesn't mean you need to play that exact list. you should always think about um like figuring out uh what you um are expected to see so it's just like okay this deck loses to where guru how can i tech against where guru versus the initial build which didn't play against any Wear guru at all so like that's something you have to keep in mind uh when uh at least just copying lists off the internet like it's good that it's a resource but some people use it as a crutch and it's that's what helps separate some good players from some bad players is the adaptability in both deck building and the understanding in gameplay. So,
0: just cuz we we do really get to speculate on decks and cards that haven't come out yet too like so infrequently, but do you really think CrossArts is going to be that good even with the induction of all the new Tamer hate in BT11?
1: That's my big question, and that's kind of like what's going to sway my opinion is just how well Gaomon and Black War Greymon and that stuff is going to end up doing. I don't think like Crosshearts is super afraid of something like um, the Dark Knight stuff because there is some Tamer hate in the Dark Knight stuff, um, but I think like more Gaomon. Territory is like actually kind of terrifying because of like just what it can do to your fields. Um, I for very little effort. Not even necessarily like
0: the Dark Knight or the Blackware Greymon X deck itself. More so just just Hades Force as a card specifically.
1: Well, I guess no, you yeah, have to include Hades... the Greymon, but Hades Force specifically uh hades force is just such a good card like i think that card is going to make any red black deck like semi-competitive just because can remove it's already been pretty so again dial back you know well i'm talking like ragnalord can now become more competitive because if that's their staple removal card well it's so yeah you have
0: to read the card though because i i also made i almost made the same mistake uh, main, choose any number of your opponent's Digimon and Tamers whose total play cost adds up to the play cost of one of your Greymon. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's so a net it's, only it's deck.
1: more hard lock. Yeah, it's more hard lock.
0: Which potentially is correct, as you you know, because you you could yeah. Because if I could use that in like Hena
1: Dragons, yeah. If I could use that in Hina Dragons, and if I could use that in uh, Ragnalord, like that just makes those that way. But it does mean that. So yeah, if you
0: have an x antibody digimon in play um x, so again i I really get confused on this this wording when you would use this card if you have a digimon with x antibody in its digivolution cards, does it mean literally the card x it's, a, it's
1: a, I always replace cards with sources like when it has the x antibody option as a digivolution source okay,
0: so yeah, so it could just be like any of the x's and reduce this cost by two. So it costs five, seven minus two, and deletes Digimon and Tamers up to a play cost of a Greymon. Then a Greymon yeah, can so... attack. So the the benefit to that being, um, so you have potentially Black War Greymon X out, play cost of 13. That's a board wipe. That's a Tamer board
1: wipe. Unheard of. Yeah, and if they have a Digimon on the field, it's also probably going to end up killing their Digimon. And not uh, even. If it's a small
0: Digimon. So, I guess I got to go back a little bit, do a little bit more research as far as uh, cross heart stuff. Their Tamers but mostly like, I... cost three, right? Yeah, they all cost yeah, three. Yeah, most
1: of the Tamers cost three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Mikey is the most important one. Sorry, not Mikey. Uh, Taiki. Um, yeah, they finally he's... decided on using the New yeah, Japanese names. Yeah, they decided... <laughs> Now I can stop using the Japanese, the English names. Uh, But uh, anyway, Taiki, um, he uh, is obviously the most important one because he lets you use the sources underneath your tamers as material. Uh, So I think, like, maybe the meta is going to shift to them, including Christopher as well. Well, uh, uh, actually, uh, correction, in BT-11, they get the... Who's um, Christopher?
0: (laughs) Sorry, Kiriha. Okay, I was going to say, there's no longer a Christopher. I, I...
1: <laughs> yeah so they they do have uh a new tamer that they might adopt in um bt11 uh but it's a four costed tamer so it's like okay it's not that much more and it's still gonna be susceptible to the board nuking uh which i think is why uh Gaiman is gonna be more popular in english um not only just because of his bt11 support that we know he's getting but because he is one of the few decks that actually has tamer hate to try to check um, crossharts mm. yeah we'll have to see how well that does
0: but it's something that was at least on my radar as far as if everyone's been playing crossharts for three months a lot of them might just say well crossharts got me here i might as well keep playing crossharts and then that's where blackware Raymond would step in and
1: potentially check that um i mean or... we would have a little bit of japanese data to oh, go yeah. off of we'll it's have just like oh crossharts fall off hard because of this and it's i know just like it's,
0: or the inverse. Like I said, I just we very rarely get the opportunity, especially since we try only to speak to the English meta, that we technically are speaking to the English meta just for nationals, you know, in February of next
1: year, now. So I mean, it's still really early to tell because there's still just a lot of unknowns. Um like I stated, we still have yet to get the security promos. We still have no idea when we're getting them. Uh we still are waiting at for the at that point I don't mess. know if it matters. We have almost it, passed, they probably
0: don't. We've passed the potential like, like window of competitive opportunity for
1: them. Which is unfortunate. I mean like they're still good, don't get me wrong. Uh it's just yeah, they their shelf life is uh more towards BT9 BT10. Uh and the farther we get away from that, the less they'll actually see like hardcore competitive play, even though they're still pretty good cards. Cause... Uh and then we we also still don't have uh, mass supplies of the um God the ghost or not the Digimon Survive cards. Uh and even though those weren't anywhere near competitively playable, like uh except for Labramon, um, but that's still something. Like well, actually that
0: reminds me. Some you you know, we don't we usually just do Local news here, but um, did you see the announcement that in regions outside of Japan but are on the Japanese timetable, uh, to just ban a bunch of the promos that nobody really has access to?
1: <laughs> yeah, I I saw that and I was just like, even though it doesn't affect us, it's still like that's kind of noteworthy. They set a precedent. We've already seen, yeah. yeah, we've already seen like soft bans on the survive promos because people don't have easy access to them. I've never seen one um, in person. Exactly. Um neither have I, but uh a lot of tournaments online, uh they just said these cards are not legal because a lot of players don't have them. It's just that's just it. Mm-hmm. Um so they still need to figure out their promo game and Bandai is notorious for their promo game. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the security pro uh promos
0: again and honestly i i feel like we're, we're passing their window because you're not going to fit this in cross hearts um no huckmon will get played in starter deck just bond blue comon might see some play in blue Flares. something yeah just because it draws draws you two cards it's pretty good
1: yeah uh blue comon also might see play in um Eczemon. uh-huh um i don't see pulse fitting in anything and i don't. uh Pulsemon is yeah Pulsemon is definitely more of like a for grandest card just because they don't really have a solid low end so it was mm-hmm. like oh this is just the best low end yeah. card for them
0: we don't care about our rookies at all so and then Impmon.
1: Impmon is for bielzaman more specifically um which he kind of does need that card to be a lot better uh because i was toying around with building the deck and doing my research for obviously covering him Mm -hmm. Um, for YouTube and I was just like, man, they really just want that promo. That promo's so good. Um and yeah, that's that's mainly where that card's gonna go. Just having that extra Impmon be able to revive an Impmon so that way you could just easy warp into Bielzimon. Uh then you have Balmon that could also just do stuff. Like it's it's a good card.
0: So I feel like I you mentioned it a while ago and then I forgot to respond to it but i i feel like i'm living in the future somehow but either you know, like i don't want to like narc on them or anything but my card store has announced their next two waves or i say waves next wave i guess technically of store champs so you're saying we haven't had any announcements in the future i could sign up for four more store championships two in october and two in november right now um so if, if bandai haven't announced night... those Oops, but my card store uh, no, did. The band,
1: Bandai, Bandai has not announced them. I have to actually check, now that you mention that, I probably should check the app because they might be on the app for as bad as the app is. Um, But Cause... there has been no... Bandai announced that they were a thing, but didn't supply any information yep. past the announcement.
0: I, have, I, I Just because of the restricted nature of only being having 16 and more people wanting to get Their invites before the end of the competitive season, Um, they just they literally just have the next couple set of announced already. I think, yeah, like the end of October, and they're after BT10 decidedly. I remember looking. So whenever the hell BT10. Well, yeah, because BT10.
1: BT-10 comes out um, mid-October, so it comes It's late out... October, early November. Like, there's another three or four weeks where there's going to be, like, one oh, or two every that's, weekend. that's where... Okay, so, like, when I messaged you, that's where I got the dates confused because uh, BT-10 comes out on October 14th, uh, which is why sense. when I messaged you when uh, BT-11 comes out and I put 14th, that's because I was... Yeah, that was mm-hmm. BT-10. So, yeah, that makes sense. But...
0: um. Now you have be curious. Yeah, like I said, I, I literally, uh, I always hate having to click on Discord while I'm recording because it sometimes gets rid of the thing. Ooh, we did it. Okay, so now I can look at my local Discord. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, that's a BT ten pre release. I... BT ten yeah, pre release. On the app,
1: on the app, as of right now. I only can see just normal store events. I can't see any store championships just yet. So they haven't officially made any announcement. It's not on the app. So you're just lucky that you have that information already. My store. I mean, granted, stores would know that because they have to apply in advance.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, Store championship, October 24th. Store championship, November 6th. Store championship, November 5th. Store championship, October 23rd. Store Championship, October 22nd. These are all different places, uh, and that's the last one. So there's five of them already, as of right now, announced that I can sign up for 22nd, 23rd, 24th, uh, November 5th, 6th. So.
1: Well, I mean, that's at least good information because that gives uh, people a time frame on when they're actually happening. The last
0: two weeks of October and the first week-ish of November should be the, the second wave... Because there aren't any right now. There's there's like like a gap basically in the, where everyone's in the BT10 waiting room at the moment.
1: Yeah. Um. And like it's funny because people are like some people complain that like oh Digimon's moving too fast and it's just like well now we're at this lull period. Um. And people are bored. So it's just like well, what what do you want? Do you want the next set to already be out right now just to keep the excitement going or do you want this lull? and relaxation period where you could be more experimental. Like, I don't know. I like these lols because I always like being experimental. Um, that's what I do at Locals anyway. I don't, like, care to play hardcore competitive. Um, I just want to have some casual fun, test out some stuff for YouTube and all that jazz. Um, I but... I would rather catch up to Japan if it means we have shorter
0: and then move at a Japanese pace using their timeframes once we get caught up with them, or at least maybe one set behind them. So yeah, they're currently two ahead of us. So if we were to just maybe have a little bit shorter of a Bt ten and then have so to, maybe just be decidedly things... one set behind, I'd be probably fine with.
1: Yeah, so like in terms of timeframes, like to put things into perspective, uh we're about to be three sets behind. Um and that's already six months out. So, like, we're, it seems like the game is moving fast, but it's moving at a normal pace. It's just when they put EX sets, they always do it super close to a set, and then we have this ginormous lull period after an EX set. Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's basically like, like, we're counting by halftime, you know, it's like one and two, three. So instead of having that half step interruption that shakes things up, or at least introduces something, there's just a whole pause between two and three.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. I'm I'm okay with, uh again. Uh but I know. EX two decide... nine and then
0: now we have a, a decided pause between nine and ten. I don't know. It it's given me opportunity, especially with my nationals invite secured, uh, to just do other things.
1: You know? Come back to Digimon refreshed. Well so like this is where I made the mistake last year where I missed the qualification for nationals last year because I was playing in there for fun events rather than trying to tournament grind. So I uh, want more for fun events. Bring them back. I want some Evo cups to play. (laughs) in. Well, they might do towards the end of October, another DC, uh, like a DC cup. Um, because that's what I participated in last year, instead of trying to participate in store championships. Um, and I ended up top eighting that DC cup, which, i was very shocked at um and very happy about but it costed me my invite and i'm just like that's always been on the back of my mind but now i don't have to make that decision because now i'm like oh i already have my invite cool i'm more willing to play in those ultimate cups dc cups the the fun stuff uh that don't really mean anything yeah i mean there's still like levels of competition there obviously there. There's still competitive events. It just
0: doesn't mean anything competitively, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, like I still get competitive practice and get to express myself competitively. But uh, in terms of like working towards a greater goal, which is Nationals, um, now I don't necessarily have to put in that grind for the second half of the season. um, And I missed out the first time around just because of life events. Yeah.
0: So... I think that's a good opportunity to stop it um definitely excited i guess about nationals obviously zenita and i are both be there hopefully we see some of you guys there um you won't recognize us i'm the one that looks like a cat <laughs> um but just i think it's a good place to be that they feel confident enough to run out the la convention center for this event
1: I, I'm expecting a pretty decent turnout and I'm really excited to go. I haven't gone like touring or vacationing in a very long time. So this is going to be a pretty, uh, a pretty big step for me. Um, especially being back in the player side instead of the working side. Um, just because I know how hard it is to organize these types of events. Um, and I'm, well, I mean, that's why they're making it super close to home is because it's just easier for them. Yeah. Um, and the size of it is just convenient so like it just makes a lot of sense for it to be there and i'm really excited to see what the outcome is and what future news that we have uh because our formats always do play a little bit differently than japan's and uh i'm curious just to see how ours is going to change and what's going to be coming up
0: yeah so with that we'll close this episode out. Um this wasn't super expected this week we had other plans in mind but then this announcement came out and obviously you know just shifted our plans back a week um we're still planning on doing a catch-all episode um either next week or the week after as far as just you know uh viewer suggestions and stuff like that so if you guys have any uh suggestions as far as topics you want us to cover i know there's like a couple people that keep repeating the same ones just because we still haven't discuss them and please keep doing so. I apologize we haven't gotten everything yet, but um obviously this came up and kinda went over whatever we were going to talk about this week.
1: Yep, and then we still also are planning our BT9 retrospective, just taking a look at uh the data and kind of giving our final thoughts and hurrahs to the BT9 format. I think like with the lull in events, uh we could kind of do that whenever, but uh usually Um, We want to make it closer towards the actual end just in case something ground shaking happens Uh, even though I think we're pretty comfortable where the meta is and it actually turned out to be a more enjoyable meta than a lot of people thought everyone was thinking all doom and gloom, and people are still thinking doom and gloom for BT 10 and I'm, I think it's going to be more enjoyable than people give it credit for.
0: And thank you to everyone out there who plans on playing Cross Hearts for increasing the value
1: of my Alt Art Death X's that people will have to buy. Yep, and uh, we probably should have put this at the beginning of the video, but just as a quick reminder, um, I do stream this over on twitch.tv. I also upload this on YouTube, and we are also on all of the big major uh, podcast platforms. Yep,
0: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the like... So, yep, just search up, you know, Wolfden Digimon. We should come up. You can go ahead and subscribe to us there. It definitely helps out our numbers as far as having a consistent uh, listening base week to week. Yep. With that, I will go ahead and close it out. Goodbye. Later.